in a bar not too far from here. We did it! So for months now, for months now, Ronnie and Rick's daughter went horse talking about how their resumes were too strong for me. It was all Olympics this and eight time that and UFC this and longest training that. But at WrestleMania, when all was said and done, this woman who walked in with nothing left with everything. Leaving home at 15 years old, looking to fight around the world, taught me to be a master of one thing, and that's survival. So I will always persist. I will always overcome, and I will always find a way to win in the end. So whenever you're done sulking, and you want to come back for more, the man will be here waiting to slap the empty head off your shoulders once again. And as, as, as for Charlotte, I'm sure the McMahon family are probably just gonna hand her the tag team titles or something to help her get over losing to me again. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again, as always, is... He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. It's the janitor himself. Josh Custodio. Oh, Justin, I'm barely coherent from all those whiskey shots I just finished drinking. Oh, how are we going to do a show? I am just trash. I don't know about this. <laughs> oh, mania's over. And, oh, uh, you've gotten drunk since doing the oh, intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I pulled it together. It's like, do you remember when you're in high school and you were like, Not really. high with your friends? Yes. And then like your mom would call your cell phone? I didn't have a cell in high school, but I, I know situations. Like yes. a parent would come home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then it's like okay, I gotta, I gotta like answer this phone call, <laughs> which means I have to like get a grip on my mental state right now <laughs> and just like hang on to my brain as good as I can, and then as soon as I'm off the phone, I can let it go. Yes, that's that was the intro for me. I was able to pull it together just for the intro, but also for the explanation. And also the for intro. the explanation. <laughs> yeah. But now, oh, now the whiskey's come out again, bud. Folks, this is not whiskey mania. No, this is in fact top marks whiskey. Mania, uh, an utter disaster as myself and Marlon the man got way too drunk in a stupor, entirely unable to record. Well, here's the, here's the thing. It, uh, this is the real, it's a, the fatal flaw Shooter of Whiskey Mania. Yes. Uh, the, the penalty shot. Really, because, because we came into the day yes. being very conscious of each other's health and well-being. Absolutely. Had and discussions about yeah, this. Yeah, we said you, if at any point you feel like it's getting too far, by all means, <laughs> you can pull the shoot. Yeah. You don't have to do this. <laughs> yep. um, but, but the thing with the penalty shot is, okay, if you're going to have 
a shot every time the bell rings for a new match. That's still a lot. <laughs> yes, it is. But if you're going to have a penalty shot at the end of a match and then another shot That's again exactly right. as the next match starts, there is no way for you to physically gauge if you are okay to take that shot by the it's time it comes fast. time to take it. Yeah, it's literally like three minutes at, at the maximum. I mean, you, you're getting two sh- – if you call a squash match wrong, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. The match was, you know, a minute. You took three shots on the space of it. So I apologize, folks. Whiskey Mania next year, J-Boy. I thought you had a great tweet about this. You said next year maybe we will try. Hashtag Water Mania. <laughs> Which as I age, I am all in on. I got to <laughs> tell you that. Uh, but we will sort something out for next year for uh, WrestleMania that does not involve uh, an upper tier of, you know, ten shots in about three. 30 minutes. Yeah, maybe maybe just like no penalty shots. Maybe that's if I'd taken 12 shots over yes. the course of the night, I would have been fine. For sure. I took 17 in the end. And you were... And I was mostly okay. Yeah. And then I just became an asshole for no reason. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but we all went off a cliff. It was maybe a flawed idea, but I don't regret the experience for oh, one no. moment. Oh, it was no. the, the spirit in the room that day for Whiskey Mania was, was high and alive. So uh, Now that we're on the other side of it, I have no regrets. But I gotta say, the next day, oh. I had a lot of regrets. <laughs> I, uh, all I had exclusively regrets <laughs> on the Monday. I I had to go to work at five at the bar. I felt I was still just in a horrible way. I was like, this is some sort of weird punishment. I'm going to go like pour cold beer for people as I'm just, you know, absolutely as you dying. you never want to see liquor again <laughs> in your life. Did you have a I'm never drinking again day on Monday? Not really, because I knew I would eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you'd just be lying to yourself? But, but at like 7 a.m., I woke up, oh. and I did not feel like, like headache hungover. Yeah. But I did feel like... <laughs> like blood was missing from my body. <laughs> like my heart is pumping. Just zap. But like half of my blood is just gone. Like I felt very light that's, and physically yes. off. <laughs> that's that's worse, right? And that took like twenty four hours to go away. I know exactly what you mean. Like and regardless, we, we got to thank the listeners, JMO, because the shows did great numbers mm-hmm. last week. All of our guests, anybody who helped us with Whiskey Mania Week, be it on Pixie Mania, the Mania House Party, if you were in the room on Sunday. People loved the uh, the Instagram stories as yes, well. absolutely. Which I have to tell you, uh, we saved them all. So it's, it's in a collection. You can go right now to Top Marks IG on Instagram and Fantastic. watch the entire day's worth of video content. And uh, honestly, the way people were chiming in on that and, yes. and basically expressing genuine, sincere <laughs> concern for our health and safety was like maybe my favorite thing of the entire weekend. And so. this is what's helping me feel like it, uh, nothing to regret because mm. it did feel like, uh, you know, Top Marks has a not a flagship week, but we have something to sort of hang our hat on. And despite not actually happening, I'm counting Whiskey Mania as success. But let's get yeah. on with the wrap-up of WrestleMania, which we did promise and we will deliver on. Because this was a WrestleMania that was, I think, sort of largely positively received. You mm. know, some issues, maybe some booking choices. Certainly the length was... Well, should we start there with the length? Yeah, we have to. So what did you tell me on the elevator ride up? The show clocked in at like seven and a half? It, it's five and a half hours for the main card, plus a two-hour pre-show is, yeah, roughly seven hours and like 26 minutes or something like that. What's the best piece of content you can think of that's seven and a half hours? 
uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship, and the Two Towers Extended Editions back-to-back, maybe? <laughs> like, it is just... In- and again, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but this format does need to go. Now, I yes. had the benefit of watching it over two days, which was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, I enjoyed this mania, but it, even then it felt like, how can this... And certainly for the main event, which we'll get to, but the crowd is just zapped, right? they got nothing yeah. left in the tank. I mean, we've talked about crowds being dead for mania of main events in the past, yes. and that's in part because Triple H and Roman just sucked, and also no one wanted to see that as a main event match in the first place. Twofold for Roman and Undertaker as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you, but there's no way. Like, for everyone who was like, oh, God, the ladies really need to deliver the goods here because it's a marquee moment yep. in women's wrestling history, and they need to show all the haters that this is not a mistake. Yeah. They deserve this They belong. Spot. First of all, they do belong. Just on the strength of the build and how excited we got into those characters yes. the entire way along, they already belonged. They had nothing to prove in that main event. But also, it's an impossible position. No one can succeed going on last yep. in a seven-and-a-half-hour show. No one. No, There's no one on earth. If that was Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles in a 45-minute classic, mm-hmm. The crowd might have gotten a little more into it than this, but I don't think they're roaring. I don't think they're they're getting – it's just too much. Jim, I want to flip the format a little bit here. We're going to yeah. work backwards through the weekend. Let's start with the main event well, of WrestleMania. Can we – Can we before yes. we do that. Yes, we can. Can we t- talk a little bit about perhaps ways that this can be fixed? Yeah, that's a great call. Do you have anything off the top of your head? Yeah. Um, I talked about this in, in the group chat a little bit this week that I think th- – they and we as fans as well need to change the way we approach and think about the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania. You could not be more correct about this. Because I see a lot of people being really down that not a lot of big things happened on a show that we have been conditioned to believe is supposed to be the series premiere yeah. of a new season of WWE. Big deal. Because that's what they've told us in the past that this is supposed to be, that they've they've you know, put debuts there. They've put all kinds of exciting, fun things for you to tune in. Best Raw of the year is what it's always supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this year. No. It wasn't the best SmackDown either. But if anything, I was relieved that, like, nothing important happened on SmackDown. Because when you hit a huge climax like that on the Sunday, the story structure, just basic story structure that every single story follows, you have rising action, a climax, and then a denouement. Denouement. Or a come down. Uh, you know, I prefer denouement. I, I love that word too. It's so you great. Gotta, you gotta say denouement. You gotta us. love the denouement. But but we like in the current way that Mania Week is constructed, we're told that denouement does not exist. That's right. That we go straight from the climax into launching more things to be excited about. Yep. You need a come down. Huge problem. You do need a come down, and so Jim Cornette talks about this a lot. And so like, I do think it's important. After a show like we saw on Sunday, where our three babyface heroes that we've been pulling for for months on end all come Being up. Becky, Rollins, and um, Kofi. Kofi, obviously. Yeah, yeah. All come up with big wins that you need a moment like the end of Star Wars where everyone's just standing still as confetti falls and we get the medals put over their necks. Yep. Like, you need that moment and that has to come on the Raw and SmackDown after. And if you want to pepper some important stuff on that show on top of that, then 
cut a bunch of matches from the Mania undercard mm-hmm. and put them on Raw and SmackDown. We did not need the Revival versus Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins on the Mania pre-show and on Raw. It could have just happened on Raw. It would have benefited from just being on Raw. Now, I know people, I can hear them. They're saying, well, listen, but the guys get paid the most on Mania. We want everybody to get a Mania paycheck. Folks, I'm a fan. I, I I think that's nice. I want the wrestlers to be treated well, but to some degree, I also want to be able to celebrate the biggest show of the year. And, and that's also a construct. Yes. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. need to be that way. They could just change that. Yeah, You could get paid the same for having a huge match on the Raw after Mania as you do for Mania itself. You know why? Because we treat the whole weekend like it's that's one right. event. They put it in one city. It's the same crowd four nights in a row. Like, just... Well, and especially in particular to Mania, and your great point about bumping things to the Monday or Tuesday that follow it. When you start to consider promo packages, mm-hmm. entrances, and short post-match uh, celebrations, you're really eating up bulks of time. Like, tell me that Joe and Ray, let's say you do that. That's the main event of the Raw after Mania. Or okay? SmackDown. Or SmackDown. The U.S. title is actually, it's not going to be defended on Mania. It's not going to get this one-minute squash with the promo package and entrances that's going to eat up 12 minutes it's or whatever. It's going to 30 minutes on Tuesday. And it's going to fucking rock. Okay. That, the women's tag, Balor Lashley, if you just cut those three matches, Raw and Kurt Hawkins, like you say, you cut those, you've just got, what, over an hour off the show, just like that. Yeah. There's ways of doing this that we're just going to get a more enjoyable product. I don't need to tell you or anyone who's hearing this how good TakeOver was this weekend, and not only because it's two and a half hours, but it sure as hell doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. And, and like, honestly, I... I, I, I can't speak for myself like I'm a normal person and my perceptions were normal. You're abnormal. I, because I had 17 shots of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So, like, my memory of the main event is blurred. <laughs> Match to, of the decade. To say the least. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have a ton. I have to go back and watch it again. Yes. Um, but I was still conscious and coherent and still super invested in the show during Batista Triple H. Yep. So if you cut enough time off the show, like... Remove the fact that I had 17 shots yeah, just of whiskey. you're a person here. Just think of me as a regular viewer who is going to hit fatigue at some point. Yep. I hadn't hit it by the time Triple H and Batista were on. That means a lot. So if the main event was on at that point, I could have been so fired up and so invested in it. Which really just means, yeah, you need to find a way... I'm not saying that the show cannot be a big show, that it can't be right. longer than three hours or whatever... But seven and a half is <laughs> is is at least an hour and a half too long. What about one hour pre-show, four hour main card? Yeah, that's what it should be. I think that sounds about right for me, right? And th- there's what what can't you get done in four hours? That's so important, you yeah. know. Like if you cut all the fat from that card, and you just and this is WrestleMania. Like mm-hmm. this should be the absolute premiere of the premiere, the best of the best. And so. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. This two-hour pre-show thing yeah. is a new phenomenon. Yes. It's not like this has always been the way. They it's started so, doing this like two years ago, and then it became a two-hour pre-show for SummerSlam. And mm-hmm. SummerSlam's going to be six and a half hours now, and a two-hour pre-show for... Maybe it's just SummerSlam and WrestleMania. I think it is, but even then, particularly to WrestleMania, it just nerfs any importance that the Battle Royals, the respective for both genders, should yeah. have could be. Instead, they're just... You know, they feel throwaway. But here's the thing, why they're doing it. Yeah. Is that, like, they put an hour of that pre-show 
on USA Television for free. Oh, I forgot that they do that. And right. they also put the entire pre-show YouTube, right? on YouTube right, and Twitter right. and Facebook. Right. So they're using that as a hook to right. build people's interest in a free I thing. I guess that's worth something. And then you can pay for the big show once we've got you. That's yeah. how they view it. And actually, viewership on the hour of the show that was on USA this year, which included the uh, Andre and the Revival match, yeah. was way up. Oh, over really? Last year. Well, that's the so, top guys for So you. on some level, like, it did work, and I can see there being a reluctance from them to get away from it. At the same time, there's tons of people who don't even watch the pre-show at all. So Yeah. I could see myself becoming that so guy, to a, be honest. A two-hour pre-show for Mania, if that's what you want to do, if there's business reasons why it makes sense, it's fine. But But for the people that are only going to watch the main card, which, hey, like, at the party on Sunday, how many people showed up? When it was time for the main card to begin. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of people, I right? would say a good half the room. 40% to 50%. Yeah, yes. I think that's about right. By that point, I was already kind of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, th I think that's about right. So what we really need to tackle is main main card bloat. Uh, and and I, I do just want to agree with you here and say that when I see people floating the idea of the two-day mania, I, I really don't feel that that's a, a solution to yeah. this issue. The, the two-day mania exists. It's Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I'm nervous about what it's going to look like for Wrestle Kingdom next year. Well, I think you and I, not to go too local here, but our, our big event here is Ballroom Brawl here mm -hmm. in Vancouver. That's, you know, the big wrestling event in the Pacific Northwest. And last uh, the last one they did, they did do two nights, both a Friday and Saturday night. I think both of us sort of walked away with a... Uh, I only a, went to one of them. I, I remember that, but I, I think even so, you felt like it was maybe a little diminished the, the entire weekend. It doesn't feel as much like, oh, here's this thing yeah, that it's I, building up for. I felt I felt disappointed that the match of the weekend was at the show that I wasn't at. Well, and I know WrestleMania wouldn't do this, but and for me, having two nights, I saw a lot of the same people just in different iterations. Mm -hmm. I'm nervous about what's going to do to Wrestle Kingdom this year, too, like you're yeah. saying. Like well, it's I, my hope is that in doing two shows at the Dome, they are just elevating New Year's Dash. That Wrestle right. Kingdom stays the same, basically, and New Year's Dash becomes a much bigger deal. Yeah, maybe they take, like, one of the big matches from Wrestle Kingdom, put that at the top of New Year's Dash, and that's the second. Yeah, but, that could but, be. But you would think, though, that, like, the big match of the weekend for them is going to be the main event of the second show. Because that's yeah. just how wrestling is built to how build. How all things right? are built. Exactly. It's the last thing. It goes on, yeah. you know. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to examine. I hope Mania doesn't go to two days. I hope Mania gets their act together. But I will say... I enjoyed WrestleMania this year. I did too. Mo most I've enjoyed it in years, I think. Yeah, same. Uh, and, and, I mean, listen, I think you and I and everybody else on Earth thought there's no way they're going to have Rollins, Becky, and Kofi all go over. We I dump did. on the – did you? There, well, there we go. One yeah, man. My, my predictions were that they would all win. There we go. Uh, mine were not. Uh, and for reasons that I think you could say, well, here's why I don't think that, because mm -hmm. they never do this, right? So I think – we got to tip the cap a little bit to WWE here. They made the right calls in those three matches. There was some booking elsewhere on the card that you could maybe take some umbrage with, but the right people won there, and they got the reactions they should have gotten. Yeah. Starting with the man, Becky Lynch, pinning Ronda Rousey uh, to end WrestleMania. Just a, a, a not a great finish. What else could you call it but weird, eh? Yeah. Because I, I now listen. I knew about that. I knew people said, "Oh, did you see the finish to the event?" Because I had passed out. I didn't get to see Ronda, Becky, Charlotte. You so were I in watched the tub. The, I was at the bathtub. <laughs> uh, so I watched it the, <laughs> the next morning, and I had some sense that the ending was weird. And even with knowing it, I was like, 
my initial takeaway, if you can believe it, was actually, well, that was weirder than I was expecting it to be. That, that's a very weird finish to Mania because, and especially somebody in our group chat, and again, if you want to get into that, you can head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. One more time. Patreon.com slash topmarks. Sorry, I wasn't listening. That's patreon.com slash topmarks. Talk wrestling with all the hashtag good friends and Justin and I. But, and they said, you know, they, somebody in there put stills of at the one, two, and three count what Ronda's body positioning is. And her shoulders are just not on the mat for mm-hmm. one or two, you know? And, do you think this was just to save them from pinning or tapping Ronda? The uh, roll-up, I mean? Everything that I've heard and read was that someone, and no one will say who, mm. but someone was adamant that Ronda should not tap. That it's not mm. realistic because she's never tapped in MMA. Her whole thing is that she's never tapped out, so she's going to come over to a fake sport and tap to the disarmer. I don't think so. Now, when uh, you say someone said yeah, that, it must have been Charlotte. It really feels like Ronda. <laughs> I could see that being a Vince thing, to be but honest. How, but how do you get into this business and not expect? How do you book a match with Ronda against two people who have submission finishers? Yeah, like Becky's gonna finish the match with the Bexploder. Or well, to me, it just seemed like an obvious sh- place to debut. Charlotte's going to end it with the natural selection? No. I, it just seemed like, and my prediction going into the match was she would debut a new finisher to do it because she doesn't have a grapple finish yet, Becky. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, what a good time. She gets a new finish over in the main event of Mania. Let her do the stunner. Yeah, that's just what we need. Maybe she can do the rock bottom. <laughs> everybody will love that. Uh, it, it, it just it was confusing to me as a choice. And listen, I think we have to, if we're going to credit the, the right people win, WWE, how do you have a roll-up as you finish to WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah. It's, now, I don't think it was a botch. I think the botch is a couple seconds earlier in the match. I, I think that was supposed to be the finish. But, like, what have we all been looking forward to? It's not just Becky beating Ronda. It's Becky tapping her out. Well, yeah, I mean, and listen, if they're saving the tap out in particular for Becky versus Ronda, armbar versus disarmor, which I don't one think on they're one. doing, but if, if they do that later... I will forgive this. But you still it, it, at least have Charlotte hit the natural selection first or something, and then mm. Becky rolls her up. Something where there's a finisher hit would, would help me a great deal. Yeah. Enjoy this match a bit more. I'm gonna I don't mean to shoot too yeah, hard here. I didn't like this match very much. Here's how you can do it. Here's how you can do it. Yeah, go ahead. Have Becky or Charlotte rather hit the natural selection yep. on Rhonda mm-hmm. and then have Becky Bexploder. Charlotte, clean out of the ring. Yep. A Bexploder to the outside. And then you steal the cover, you pin Ronda. Like, if that's how you want... Just make it something that feels like a conclusion. It was so anticlimactic and weird. I thought this would be a better match. And the feeling that everyone had... I I liked the match. There's a lot of great moments in it. It it was it didn't entirely deliver on the build. Yeah. But also that's kind of placement in the card True. And, and how long everything had been then. Um but like the feeling that at the end of the show, you know, this goes off the air. Everyone in the room is looking around at each other like did they just botch the finish yeah. of WrestleMania? I'm not surprised that that's what people thought. And listen, you know me. I, I'm here. I'm sh- I'm defending the WWE very often. That was my impression too or at least not a botch but like huh? Yeah. That's that's the finish? Yeah. And it's weird that it's like, oh, we have the right winner at the right time, done the wrong way. But So I don't want to get too hung up on the negativity because I do actually think the result is more important than the match. And this, I would rather this than a great match where Ronda talk, talk, taps out Becky, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Like, so, so not to be too hard, but I, I will say that I was let down by the, the quality of these match. And I think these three can, are, are capable of putting on a better triple threat than they did. Uh, 
That's just one man's opinion. Though. I again would have to watch it again to, yeah. to be sure. <laughs> but I, Straight but everything that. that you're saying sounds right to me. Let's talk about everybody's favorite wrestler, Bobby Lashley, uh, getting crushed by Finn Balor here. I think in a way that that most people predicted. I, I actually thought this match would be uh, maybe even shorter like than a Joe true versus squash. Mysterio. Yeah. That, um, so the fact that Lashley got in any offense at all on the Demon yeah. and kind of teased you with the possibility that, like, oh, maybe the Demon's going to lose was kind of fun, actually, a little bit. I actually know exactly what you mean because, again, at no point in the match was I like, oh, Lashley's going to win this. But it did make me think that, you know what, for as much as I shit on Finn Balor, the first person to beat the Demon, that will feel big. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no denying that, right? So, so that's worth something. Yeah, and, like, we have been conditioned with the Baron Corbin match that they had yep. that, like, the Demon is just going to win in can't take 30 seconds. Doesn't even take offense. Yeah. Like, just a bulldozer. Matt so so it was like uh, Tony Stark making Thanos bleed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's very good. Boy, I am excited for Endgame, and I don't know why my hype is so big, but it already is. Here we are. Uh, another great match here, J-Mo, is Baron Corbin gets his win, sending Kurt Angle off into retirement, never to be seen again until the night after. Um, I Not don't, much to I, say here. Yeah, I, I, look, I was adamant that... that this match was a not going to happen, and yep, if it did, me too. that Angle would win it. Yep, and I was wrong on both counts. Right, and here's why I don't like this book. Sure, is that like basically going beyond the fact that over the course of the entire the entire story that you've told between Corbin and Angle, it feels like Corbin needs to get his comeuppance, which yep. he did on Raw to an extent, I guess. But <laughs> if he if this is his retirement match, and I know that you made the case. And this is why you predicted this match correctly. You're going out on your back. That's the way the business works. Right. I don't think that works in in this specific case with these yeah. two characters. I know what you mean. Because because the, Kurt is saying goodbye on his terms, mm-hmm. right? He's not it's, being sent he's not off. being forced into retirement. They presented it like he knew he's his time is at an end, and he's going to go out on his terms. It doesn't feel right to me that like. You're going to send him off by being like, you're right, actually, Kurt. You do suck and can't do this anymore. <laughs> right. Like, if he's going to go, go off on his terms, he should be able to win that match and not be like, we're, the message that we're given is that like, oh, yeah, this guy just sucks now. Well, and I just don't understand the, what the possible benefit of having Corbin beat Angle at Mania, mm-hmm. gets all this heat, takes out the hero. And then Kurt gets like this bit of shine comeuppance on Monday. It was just like such a such a lukewarm half measure. I was like, well, okay. Well, Corbin's being heated up for a Roman feud. Well, that's exactly right. But yeah. it, like, I don't know. It would have been nice for, and you gotta give Kurt some kind of like farewell moment. I guess. Do you believe this last time you've seen Kurt Angle on WWE television? No, not at all. Like, not for like a moment. He's gonna right? be the GM again in five years yeah. when they decide they want to have GMs. Yeah. yeah. When they decide somebody needs to mispronounce WWE, they're gonna call up mm. old Mister Triple I get him in there and say dub dub and that's how it's going to happen I, I don't know I, I actually thought this match was kind of fun you got to see Kurt some of the stuff he's been doing on Raw and Smackdown like, you can tell he's not taking the big bump sometimes he takes a knee instead of going fully down mm-hmm. and you could tell again short match but there were a few things where it's like he was like, oh, it's WrestleMania. I'm going to – I'll do the, you know, the, the step-up version. It's kind of nice to see. It's also just fun to see people who were watching with us who were not, like, fully familiar with the weekly television or yeah. even, like, the monthly pay-per-views to be like, why is Baron Corbin dressed like a bartender now? <laughs> I love the gear. I really do. He's a, he looks less like a professional wrestler and more like a head mixologist. <laughs> not even a bartender. Yeah, a mixologist. <laughs> the the – Upper crust bartender, they, uh, yeah, they call yeah, those. Absolutely. 
Uh, Triple H, as we predicted, JMO took out our beloved the Animal Batista, who came out and publicly retired after this match, uh, and thanked Triple H for putting him over back in 05, and was... Like Big Dave is, very gracious and lovely, I thought. I don't know if you saw that tweet afterwards, but I thought I thought it was really nice. I thought this match was fun. A, a little long, obviously. But yeah. I thought by the end, I, you know, as it was ramping up, I was quite into it. It's it's an ego thing, I think, for Triple H. He just has to have the the longest match or whatever. I guess. And it's not yeah. even the longest match by very much. But it, it he, isn't, but it is still important to note that he's had the longest match on like yeah, every man he has wrestled It was one month. minute longer than Kofi and Brian. But, wow. But And yeah, like... I don't it's one of those things where like I can see the argument in a match like that that got hardcore and had spots like you know pulling out a nose ring with pliers I thought that stuff. worked by the it way it was awesome did you not did you not think it was a little bit a worse version of Jeff Hardy and Orton from yes. Hell in a Cell last yes. year yeah, I didn't get me like the ear gouge just got me but what are you gonna do but but like you do have to ramp up to some of the more brutal spots True. in a match like that. I don't know. I, I thought there were a ton of people who were complaining at that point that the show was going on too long and that this match didn't deserve to be here or whatever. I thought relative to a lot of the other wrestling that we'd seen, which was largely good wrestling on this show, yeah. it was fun to have a sideshow like that that was built around you know, gross out hardcore spots. Attraction wrestling is real. Like, it, there, there's no denying that I've seen, a I see AJ Styles and Randy Orton wrestle once a week for the past three years. Not against each other, but, you know, you see them in action. There is a magnetism to having Dave Batista in the ring. Yeah. So the things that you're doing is translating to more interesting to me because I never get to see it. So just watching him wrestle was, it was a great treat to me. Now, was it the, the in-ring classic? No, but like you were saying, you need these breaks. It can't all be, it's why 205 Live is not a worldly successful show. You can't <laughs> just have these flipping five-star everything kick-out finisher, kick-out finishers all the time. Sometimes you need, you know, Triple H hucking a chain around Big Dave's head and yanking on it. Yeah. A couple minutes, and was, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, definitely. I would say, I don't know. I don't know how it ranks in like the pantheon of old man Triple H matches. Hmm. Under him and Dean, for sure. I think is that the gold standard for yeah, old man Triple H? Probably, or him and Brian, maybe. Oh yeah, does that count? Yeah, I guess like that might be the start of old man yeah. Triple H. If that counts, that's the high water mark. But Dean me. is for sure up there. Um, this was better than Roman. This was better than... Sting is a fun match, but it's very much not a match also. I, I prefer the Sting match, but it, like the wrestling here was better. Yeah. I just think the Sting match is a whole lot of fun. Like, and, and kind of a nice callback to different moments in wrestling. But yeah, I thought this match... Again, everybody is right that they're saying this match was too long, especially on a show that's too long. But not And not as much smoke as Mirrors as we were expecting, too. Like, no. I, just Ric Flair at the end. Yeah, then that was it. Like, that was, yeah. I was a little bit surprised, to be honest, about that. Jamo, I didn't love this next match, uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. I didn't love it. Uh, I don't remember much of it. It was, I mean, it's a lot of, of what you expect. It's two hard-hitting guys. They only go 10 minutes. You know, Roman Reigns <clears throat> correctly gets the win there, I think. Crowd's booing during the match, which... <sighs> does it, Were they booing Roman? Yes. Well, they're booing during the match. I, I don't know if it's particularly booing Roman, but there are boos going on. That seems insane. Do you think that's uh is there just something reactive when people see Roman about booing? Did they actually not like the match? Is the goodwill from the leukemia recovery already gone? This, <laughs> how could that be? I mean, how could it be? Especially, I am sure you saw uh, the off-air Dean retirement thing after Raw on yeah. Monday. I mean, I thought Roman looked very natural. He didn't. Does he speak during it? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, he intros it and gives the mic to Dean, but looked very affected, very natural. He otherwise was not on TV this week. Yeah, that's right. So I, I I guess I thought this might play out a little. I guess maybe when I imagine this match, I 
sort of thought of it more in a and this is a ways back, but headlining WrestleMania sort of role, you know, it might be have a bigger feel. This just sort of felt on the card to me. Yeah, well, I, that was kind of my vibe coming into the week, though. I guess maybe it was for me, and too. Like they, yeah. they did a good job, relatively speaking, of building up Drew as feeling like a big heel who was a big threat to, you know, all these other guys, like, running through Dean and the build-up to the show. But, like, ultimately, if you're going to tell me Roman Reigns is facing Drew McIntyre, I'm going to think that's a Raw main event. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's uh, when you feel like they were just, like, ships passing in the night for so often. Like, they don't feel separate and coming together for this big fight. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it feels like we sort of all sort of saw that. I don't know. Maybe that's unfair to say, but it it is how I felt watching the match. And I guess I'm a huge fucking mark because, (laughs) like, just like I believed that Bray Wyatt could beat John Cena and Rusev could beat John Cena. Cena. <laughs> I believed that Drew McIntyre could beat Roman Reigns. Here, yeah. That he was going to get heated up to be a top heel. And that there's a more interesting story to tell with Roman being on the mend and needing yeah. to find that big dog energy again coming back from something like this than there is in just having him be an ass-kicking world beater right out the gate again. You actually had sort of convinced me over to that side. I still had picked Roman on the record, but after you had made that argument, I was like, boy, that, that does really make a lot of sense. Like, especially when you say, like, there is an interesting story if this isn't 100% Roman. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in that, yeah. right? Well, And it gives them some, let them look a little weaker, which is what people have been dying for anyway. It yeah. seems like a nice out, but and, they did not. And then when he's back on top again, we get to go along on a ride that builds to that so that when he is the dominant guy that we all hated before, we're on board with it this time. Yeah, And maybe they can still do that, but I don't know. Like That's not the vibe I've gotten from how they presented him lately. I, I guess... McIntyre has just really never got going. It, it, it does feel that way now on the other side of Mania. Like, he was sort of heated up. I think he did no favors pairing with Lashley and Corbin. I think we can say that in hindsight now. And this Roman thing never felt as big as it should. I, mm-hmm. He feels squandered in some ways. He was a much bigger deal with Dolph than he has been. That's insane. And yeah. you're right. But it, it, that's insanity, right? Yeah. J-Mo, light up a cigar and grab your scotch. Because this next match was, uh, boy, how do you love to enjoy it. As Daniel Bryan loses. Are we skipping past? We are. We're, you've you've missed uh, Samoa Joe. Oh, did I go right past and it? And Rey Mysterio. Oh, my goodness. I backwards here through the card. I absolutely did. One uh, minute long, really just locking in the Coquina clutch after. He does take a 619, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, is, isn't that worse for Rey? I guess it's just for the live crowd who wants to see Rey Mysterio do a 619. Right result, but, like, again, to your argument about putting things onto the Monday. How would this not be better served in anything else than one minute on Mania? Yeah. Uh, like, why even do this match other than just to get Joe on the card, which he'd never been on before? True. And Joe's entrance was sick. The the Joe chants uh, resounding through the Mys- arena. Mysterio also coming out as the Green Goblin was sick. super awesome, too. Him as a superhero always works. The Wolverine, the Iron Man, it all kicks ass. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's like hitting a lot of check marks for me of course, but in of particular. Course. But. Um, but yeah, like, I mean... What, there's nothing to say about this match because it's barely a match. Yeah, it was I mean, just it was just fun to cheer for Joe. Absolutely, it was, and and you know, Joe is obviously well used as a heel, but people are ready to cheer for Joe. Like mm-hmm. if they put him against a heel and he didn't change all that much, I think you might see a very over guy. I think you are bang on correct about that, but uh, you know, you gotta feel good about just him getting on the card. Absolutely. And there's a couple other feel good stories like that that we will get to before too long here. But yes, we will go now to. Uh, 
what some would have said would have was the the most anticipated match of the weekend yeah. for, for many people. It was match of the night of Mania for me, and the, I feel like the feeling delivered on everything it needed to. I mean, okay, so I don't want Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan, folks. That's what we're talking <sighs> about here. I don't want to. I'm just allow me to put Kofi Kingston and his win and its importance aside for a second here, okay? And that is really the story leading out here. But what really stood out to me, just like it did in the Elimination Chamber match, Daniel Bryan is just an unreal wrestler. Like, every time the LaBelle lock is on, I'm thinking Kofi's tapping. Even though I picked Kofi, even though the move is Kofi, because Rollins won and Daniel Bryan is so convincing and Kofi's selling it so well... Guys, this match did a lot for me. I loved this match. These two are both obviously very high-tier wrestlers, but they also have chemistry. And when those two things are working in conjunction, you get something like this. Can I say something that might be controversial? Absolutely, yes. I want you to blow me up right now. I want you to tell me I'm a huge dumbass. Stretching my fingers? Okay, I'm ready. I did not think this match was as good as really any of the one-on-one confrontations that we've had between these two so far. You absolute... (laughs) Dope! Like, there was nothing in this for me that was m- as enjoyable as when it was just the two of them in the main event of Elimination Chamber. What are you, a person who has no eyes or something? <laughs> you can't even see how good a match is because of your lack of vision or I something? Still, I still liked it. What, what? It just didn't feel like the peak of the feud. Okay, can I, can I continue? From a, from a work rate, and I'm only talking about work rate. I didn't realize I was uh, hosting this podcast with uh, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Because I'm blind. That's right. Well, I'm not blind. Now, the conspiracy you... theories will tell <laughs> you. <laughs> you are you are blind to this match. I, I, listen, the the peak of Elimination Chamber was incredible. So yeah. I'm I'm not here to to. I can only tell you what I I saw, and I really really enjoyed this oh, match. Yeah. And the, the emotion of the finish. Wow. Incredible. Really good. Right. Sometimes you might see the right person win with the right story and the right moves. And just and... like man, Twitter blowing up with like. You know, parents filming their kids. Yes. Like little little black kids grabbing their replica title belts and holding them up in the air and saying, look, Dad, I'm Kofi. I will cry every time you show me something like that. That really is the good stuff. And there was a ton of that. And it was... It's incredible to see. Like, you you literally love to see it. <laughs> like You really do. So, hats off to WWE for making the right call here. Hats off to Kofi Kingston for having an incredible career, but also getting to cap it off. The career feels different without this moment, yeah. whereas now it feels like... I mean, he was Hall of Fame already, but now, like, decidedly head of class Hall of Fame. You couldn't say enough good things about either of these guys. The match, the booking, well done. Man, I also need to reference, this was something that was circulating, I can't remember if it was night of or day after, but somebody went and dug up an interview uh, that I think was done in 2015. Yep, 2015. So four years ago, um, Xavier Woods was in conversation with Sports Illustrated, and he talked about how Stone Cold Steve Austin says... That if you're not in this business to win the World Heavyweight Championship... What are you doing here? Exactly. And Xavier said, and I find that very interesting because to me, that is not my mindset at all. Awesome. My mindset is to help Kofi Kingston become world champion. Tell me that doesn't no make you love No one deserves him. it better. No one deserves it more. Man... You got like you gotta love these guys. The new day is even better <laughs> to me than the match itself was like the nine minute 
video oh. that came out after the show with yep. all three of them backstage. And, and Xavier starts crying. And Big E, like, pats him on the back and he says, it's okay, man. Let it out. It's okay to cry in wrestling. That was my favorite thing. Yeah, look. We're getting goosebumps. From the entire weekend. I mean, you, you, we could do an episode of the show just talking about how dope the New Day is. I mean, and not that we haven't talked about them at great length and how good they are up to this point. Mm-hmm. But, man, this is, like, very solidifying to what an important, great act to cheer for. And in a business where you and I always talk about, you know, you look, you put these things under a microscope. You're going to find something you don't like. These three just seem like extremely above-board dudes who love one another, who care about important things, and can wrestle their asses off. Xavier notwithstanding. And it's, <laughs> it is so good to see, and uh, I love the New Day. Xavier is a competent tag team wrestler. He is a hell of a manager. He, he's a very good at doing that tightrope walk into the flying elbow spot. When, I really like that. When he plays the Final Fantasy VII battle theme on the trombone, <laughs> I love it. Uh, J-Mo, a match that uh, I loved a little less. Were, uh, Before we move on, yeah. I just want to say, like, you know, one of the things that you always look for in a world champion, um, beyond just their like charisma and all that stuff, is like, to me anyways, it's really important that this person can go that this person is a very high-end wrestler who is going to consistently deliver entertaining matches and i think that's something that we haven't necessarily talked about with this kofi build is like just how good and how underutilized he really has been in ring over the course of his entire career like he is very entertaining and the, the obviously like you said him and brian have wonderful chemistry together but if you were to put him against I don't even know what what the landscape is going to look like yeah, post Smackdown next heel. week. Yeah. yeah, there's there's really like a ton of people that I could see him having great like blow away banger matches with, it's and that's something to be excited about. It's funny that you bring that up because it's almost like he lost that reputation in a way because there was a time where it was like him when him and Punk were tagging, especially it was like wow Kofi Kingston singles run like we need to see that da 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 like people did view him in that light. But you're right in the new day. I guess that act isn't necessarily designed to get you thinking they're like the world's greatest wrestlers, but Kofi obviously proving that he's a singles wrestler of the highest caliber. The Iconics defeating the Boston Hug Connection as well as Nia Jackson, Tamina, Beth Phoenix, and Natalia to become the new and only second ever of this current run of the women's tag team belts. Women's tag team champions. Right call? Wrong call? I liked it. I I mean, it was what I wanted to see because I like the Iconics, Mm -hmm. and I I think that they are going to do... Uh, a lot, maybe not in the ring, but from a character perspective, to really make these belts shine. Like, they're a tag team. They're fun. Yeah. They're they're super fun. I I get a thrill out of watching these two perform every time. The, the, the Iconics are so strange for me because they are super weak in ring. For like in this match in the Elimination Chamber, it's like, yep, they're the weak link. Even across from like some pretty bad wrestlers, yep, mm-hmm. they're the weak link. But who's denying that they're more entertaining than almost anybody in that match? Like, I understand. Apparently, it's quite out there. Sasha Banks feels frustration with dropping these belts. Sasha Banks apparently tried to quit the company as soon as she learned that they were going to drop the titles. Yeah, I mean, I I don't believe that. That doesn't sound real to me unless Sasha Banks became the biggest mark on earth overnight. That she's going to quit her dream job because she dropped the belts. I've seen a lot of uh, defending her, saying that she's smartly playing the game and is doing this the right way in much the same way that you and I applauded uh, the revival when they tried to quit because they felt like they were being misused and mistreated. I agree that Sasha Banks is incredible. Like I said, I think she is right up there with Charlotte as the best women's wrestler, not just right now, but like maybe ever. Yep. 
Um, and the fact that she has really not had a time at the top other than the feud with Charlotte where she just would win the title and then immediately lose it the next day. Like, that sucks. That's frustrating. I don't doubt Sasha Banks is frustrated, right? Like, that that's obvious. In a, like you say, in a similar way to many people being... I do actually think Sasha Banks like was hoping she would get to leave WWE on Sunday well, night. The like, case being presented is that when they presented the idea and story of like these belts are going to be defended all over the place, you're going to go to SmackDown, you're going to go to Raw, you're going to go to NXT. Yeah. She really bought into the idea that like we are going to do all of these things and we will be the two to do it and it's going to be incredible and like when you look back on our run you will look at these titles as something prestigious something important and that's all admirable yes but also like if they're taking like you on some level and i know this is hard to do because WWE so often proves us wrong and changes their minds about all kinds of things you have to trust that there is a plan for you yeah, you know, like people who are mad, that, even though like, there often isn't. Yeah, people who are mad that like Lacey Evans is being positioned right now Oy. against Becky Lynch. It's like, do you not see that Money in the Bank is next <laughs> month? Yeah, guys, Lacey Evans does suck. You're right; she shouldn't be in a singles program. No denying it. Everyone important is going to be in the Money in the Bank, and like, right, and in the in the meantime, we're going to get the lady versus the man. Yeah. Like there is something fun there is something that inherently clicks between those two characters and yeah sasha and bailey can be in money in the bank sasha can win money in the bank sasha should win money in the bank absolutely <laughs> like, she should it fits her character like i don't know it's, money in the banks baby like it writes itself <laughs> would you believe i didn't think of that until you said it aloud <laughs> money in the banks it writes itself Jamal. yeah that's and what like, i'm saying and it's so short-sighted to me to feel like you, you're frustrated and you're at your wit's end and you have to quit at a time when women's wrestling within the company is being elevated in a way that it never has been before. Correct. And one of the stars who helped get it to that level in Ronda Rousey just left the company and there's no timeline for when she might return. So if I you think... Because like, I've seen people push back on this. People who are in our group chat saying women's wrestling are not is not being elevated. Charlotte and Becky are being elevated. Do you think really <laughs> that Charlotte and Becky can stay alone at the top forever? No, they obviously can't. I mean, I was that a take that yes. that women's wrestling isn't elevated? Yeah, just Becky and Charlotte oh, are elevated. Guys, it's so obvious that person must have missed WrestleMania this past Saturday. <laughs> this is easily easily explained away. No, no, no. Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair headlined WrestleMania on Sunday. The mm -hmm. women. Yeah, but just those two, though. Just that they're, they're the only ones benefiting. Oh, oh, okay. Like, Becky's yes. going to have a huge run with the title here. <laughs> uh, uh, it's and, not always going to be Lacey Evans' caliber opponents. Well, and also has, also has had a great run to the belt. Yes. Has been presented as the number one star on both shows and throughout we, this whole run. We already know that Becky versus Sasha absolutely slaps. It's only elevating those three. What three guys are elevated to that level right now? Like, what are we talking about here? This is, what a non that was said that, that was with seriousness? Take. That was a take in our group chat. Maybe yes. don't join, folks. It doesn't sound like it's <laughs> worth the five bucks to me. Boy, there's some stinker. Are we, is that real? That was real, yes. But, you know, they're, if they want to have... Becky be the man, Becky two belts on both shows, which is the right play. Yes, correct. She needs people who are competent and and on her level to yeah. go against. Sasha and, Banks. And yeah, the move is to finally, 
finally give Sasha a defining heel run. Correct. Opposite Becky Lynch. It couldn't be more clear. Everyone wants it. So for her, like, maybe that's what she's angling for. And she feels like, you know, look, she's very close, as we've talked about many times before, with Scott Dawson. The revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe she looked at what Dash and Dawson did and and thought to herself, well, this is the only way to get what I want. Yeah, I got to get pinned by Kurt Hawkins at Mania. (laughs) 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 Now that's boss style. J-Mo, this next (laughs) match is one I love. Okay. The Miz and Shane McMahon, J-Mo. This was great. What a fun little... Can you think of, like, a more effectual high spot that wasn't actually that high or dangerous? Like, suplex into... Oh, dude. George. (laughs) George being in the ring. Dude, tell me George isn't a star. George is is bound for the Hall of Fame. George is a capital S star. George should be in the Hall of Fame next year. George should headline the Hall of Fame (laughs) class next year and then be the headline singles main event. That stance... I never seen somebody put their hands up in a less convincing way. It was... If you told me who wins in a fight, James Ellsworth or uh, George Mazanzan, Mm -hmm. give me Ellsworth. I mean, George Mazanzan doesn't even know where hands go when you're posing. George Mazanzan is a tremendous professional wrestler, and I will hear no counter-arguments. He is... What a man. Uh, not a ton to talk through in terms of, like, the pretty standard false count anywhere match. Goes all over the place. I just think these guys work well together. Everything about their characters, it's... I, I thought Miz should have won. It was sort of weird that, that Shane wins off the high spot, done by Miz. I think but... this feud continues, though, right? Like, yeah. this is not the end for either of these guys. And if anything, like, this is going to be what AJ Knack was last year, where, like, mm. it, this carries over for several months, I feel like. And... Uh, a very weird segment on SmackDown on Tuesday. Yeah, it very but with it, Shane and, and Greg Hamilton. It's weird during these holding patterns bef- in the week before the shakeup. But, but did it not feel like that whole segment was leaning towards him getting jumped at yes. the top of the ramp as he's dragging Greg up by the? That neck? was exactly what I thought. And then nothing. Yeah, it, it was super weird. But but I I know that I said last week that like, oh Shane. Uh, is going to lose because it's it's his thing that he just never wins. Like, he's going to have a great match. He's going to do something really cool. Yeah. But he's not going to win because why would he win? Well, like we said also, what did I? What was the number one thing that I tried to stress last week? That if we do get all three of our babyface champions winning, heel's got to win somewhere. You definitely and did And Shane is a heel. And, he like, does it hurt The Miz to no. lose this match? No. The Miz already benefited from being the guy who did the move into the huge spot in the first place. I, this isn't my thought. I heard it somewhere or read it online or something. I wish I could remember where and I'd credit it. But somebody said, are they going to wrestle for the best in the World Cup next time they're in Saudi Arabia, Miz versus Shane? And that's coming up. I thought, oh, that is probably what's going to happen. That is actually a very good. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was a great take. So um, I just wanted to say I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a, a clear story that reflected the feud well. And, and the guys did what they needed to do. Really fun. And like like we said in the whole build, like what is the one criticism of the Miz always? He's to- not as good as his dad. <laughs> Too safe. <laughs> yeah. Plays it safe, never takes a risk, and that's why he's never injured. How can you say that about a guy who did a suplex off of that <laughs> tower? <laughs> Into, like, a crash pad, yes, but, like, that had to just hurt so bad. How did George Mazanson crank out such a good-looking kid? I mean, the wife <laughs> must just be the most, must be, like, 
20 it must be like a foley to noel no, situation but you've have you seen photos of uh the miz as a kid with his dad no i don't his, think i have his dad is a cool guy in his younger days i think ask me if i'm surprised not at all are you are, are you surprised absolutely fucking not <laughs> can i also say that i thought it was a great play to leave miz off of tv on tuesday why is that because i, I wish he would have because been they promoted all night I, I watched a, a, a U.S. stream of the, oh, okay. of the USA TV feed. Throughout the entire evening, you're, they're presenting these ads for the, se- the season premiere of Ms. and Mrs., which is, was about to debut at the end of that show, uh, like right after SmackDown went off the air. If you're going to tell me, uh, like, if you're going to reference the match but not have Ms. be on TV, my anticipation of uh, wanting to okay, see Miz yeah, is going to make me want to watch that reality show. Sure. And also, I really wanted to watch that reality show anyways just because it seems super funny and good. Would you, would you be more inclined to watch it if it was called Ms. and Mrs. and, and George? George. <laughs> yes. That's, that's that the money. can't miss that's, TV. That is appointment goddamn television. But it did, make, it did make the reality show <laughs> feel like a way bigger deal by not having Miz on television. Miz, Mrs. and George. Uh, Jamie, let's talk about the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, we were talking about feel-good moments for people earlier in the show. You feel good yeah. that Samoa Joe finally gets on the card. But you, you feel unbelievable that the Usos... Yeah. Not only have a, a match on the main card, which I believe last year was the first time that happened. Yeah. Uh, uh, I that, think it was. That triple threat that Zoobs was so yeah. <laughs> stoked for. And with was uh, seven minutes. With um, <laughs> Bludgeon Brothers and... Uh, was it New Day? I, feel like I can't it even remember. Been. It might have been New Day. Yeah. It would make sense for it to yeah, be New Day. Yeah, it was New Day and, and the Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers. That match was like, yeah, like seven minutes long. This was a match that I'm not sure what the total runtime on it was. It was 10-10. Was great. All action. All action, front to back. It was the banger that not just the SmackDown tag division has long deserved, but the Usos fully deserved. And so for them to have a match of that caliber and to win it, personally, one of my favorite feel-good moments of the entire card. I thought this match was awesome. Don't have a ton to add to what you say besides, and again, I hate to be a little bit of a complainer here, but it was weird to have Ricochet and Black go like so undefeated, built so strongly, and see them lose in back-to-back matches, both on TakeOver and then on uh, on Mania. It's like, okay, I hope they don't continue to push these guys as a tag team. It was just a little weird. Well, in one week, there. they lost for all three yeah. titles. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of weird after building them up so heavily. But I think this was right, and the Usos win felt great to me, too. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything more to say on that other than... Good, because oh, we talk, don't have a ton of time. Let's talk about the Hardys winning the belts oh, yeah. off of them on Tuesday. I hated this. To me, this is entirely so that the Usos can get flipped over to Raw in the draft yeah. next week. And when we talk about people who have been institutional fixtures on SmackDown since the beginning of the brand split, we mm-hmm. typically talk about three people. Who is that? Randy Orton, AJ, AJ Styles, Styles, and Becky Lynch. Yeah. We really need to include the Usos in that. Yes. Because, like, as much as you could say that they have been surefire Hall of Famers their entire career, they really not just established themselves, but, like, helped establish a reason to tune into that show every week, too. Compare the tag divisions. Absolutely. It's like, and listen, a lot of that was them and New Day having, I think, my feud of the year of 2017. Yep. What was those two? Uh, and so you don't want to take away credit from the New Day there, but the, the Usos are, it's down to the Usos and Sheamus for who's turned my opinion around on the most in the back half of their careers. They revolutionized their characters. Oh, 
I mean, unrecognizable. Their from the in-ring is guys. so much more compelling now yeah. than it used to be, and maybe that's just a facet of being characters that you're invested in. Sure. It almost doesn't matter why, yeah. right? But ultimately, when they move to Raw next week, which I think we all know they're going to <laughs> after that to. result, like you need to look back on what they have done on SmackDown for the last three years. And I don't even know if it's just saying tip your cap to it is enough. Like They have been incredible we love you usos go over there and get your ass kicked by the revival okay uh aj styles by randy orton jmo i saw some people saying they love this they thought it was great i'm a little cooler on it than some others I, when i hear aj styles singles match at wrestlemania i have maybe bigger ideas than what this this is a totally good match it was very good nothing wrong with it yeah. i i saw some people acting very blown away by it i was not in this camp where were you uh let me just clarify what i just said was it was uh very good uh, not it wasn't very good. You always got to be careful yeah. with that. Sorry. Uh, J-Mo hated the match, to be clear, folks. <laughs> Just, that's, he wants that I was be... shocked that AJ won. Yeah, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. I think everyone had picked Orton. Yeah. And this is where it started to go south for me. Because we know, all had to do penalty yeah, shots. Yeah, you, know, you know, six shots at the start of Mania. We're 25 minutes into Mania. I've chugged two beers with six shots of whiskey. And it's like, oh, I'm in trouble. I am in trouble. How did I not do this now? Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It was not what you expect from an AJ Styles match. Were you blown? Did you see people like talking like this was like, wow. I didn't uh, get that. Maybe vibe. it was just some of my customers. But it was but good. It was f- it was fun. Yeah, totally. Like at this point in the card, everything has been fun. Yes. Uh, I don't have a ton to add because we got to get to the opener here, JMO. Forget about the match, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. I love this being the opener. Heyman coming out and be like, if we're not last, forget it. We're going right now, and we're going to Vegas, where they ultimately respect yeah. us more. Whatever it is. I thought, wow, now this is an open to mania. I remember looking around the room. It's like, this is now? Boy, this, I I was, you, you can't always repeat it because the surprise is part of the fun. But boy, what a good pulling of the trigger to but start the, off mania. But then as soon as it was first, I looked at you both and was like, they're all yep. winning. Yep, you nailed All it. our baby faces are winning. Yeah, because it's separated it's enough. It's spread. The yeah. It's spread well, yeah. first, middle, last. And it literally was like that. You, you called it. Uh, I love Brock beating him up before. I love Seth. Just, the whole match is just a fiery comeback. Yeah. Like, that's the entire thing. Hits his finisher three times. It's the curb stomp on I him. I think you asked if we would take the over under on 10 minutes. Yeah. I took the over. Yeah. What, what did it end up being? Uh, very short because most of the match is a beat down outside the ring yeah. before the bell rings. Yeah. The actual match is only two and a half minutes. That's crazy. How long do you think the whole – yeah, because Brock beats him up for a while outside the yeah, ring. So maybe – Probably like six minutes on yeah, the outside That's probably. what I was going to say. Five, just six minutes. whipping him into – though there was one spot where he threw him into the – apron yeah and there was like it looked like there were a bunch of little weird button consoles on both the ramp and the ring it looked like oh interesting like at the bottom of the ramp there was like a little panel with buttons on it and i kept like drunkenly asking people what do you think those buttons do (laughs) what do you the buttons what do they do um (laughs) but there was a little spot on the outside of the ring too that looked to me kind of like um like a power outlet almost. Like oh. They were charging <laughs> yeah. their phones That's or something. <laughs> oh, they're charging the Gatorade under the ring. <laughs> of That's course. The electric Gatorade. That's right. Electrolytes. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, That's why they're called that. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Otherwise, it'd just be lights. <laughs> oh, duh. <Yeah. laughs> but it, I look, have to explain everything. <laughs> after Brock threw him into the barricade, he threw him into the ring. Yeah. And it looked like his head smoked yep. something real bad. Yeah. Like, I was actually genuinely concerned. Yeah. Because that would be the second time on this card that we'd seen somebody yeah, that's right. eat shit head first into something that was not supposed to happen. So that was a little bit of a scary moment, which is just to say that like 
typically an outside the ring brawl can feel like a time waster. Yeah, this felt really physical. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, it's the it's the Daniel Bryan match, except the front half of it took place before the match started, yeah. right? So it, it felt not identical in format, but it was identical in format. Still killed. And like Seth is bleeding out of his back by the time the match yep. actually starts. Too. Brock was going hard on him, at which the is beginning. which is good. Like, oh, that's need what to. you needed. need to. Yeah. So. Kudos to both guys. I really enjoyed this. Jamie, we only have a couple minutes left here before you got to head to work. We could discuss the pre-show, but I'd way rather talk about TakeOver. How about, what do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a ton to say about the pre-show. The Battle Royal kind of, uh, you know, was whatever. Yeah, Braun winning was probably the right call. Mustafa Ali had that scary moment. Carmella. Uh, the Car- Dude, the Carmella finish to that with her and Sarah Logan, I thought was more compelling and dramatic ah. than the actual... Becky Charlotte finish of the Royal Rumble. Interesting. The the way it played out on the apron, there was more drama and more kind of will they won't they tension in that than the finish to the actual Royal Rumble had for me personally. That is I, I don't I'll be honest, I don't remember the finish of the women's battle royal. And but I, I did pop huge that Sarah Logan got to be in that moment. I that's our girl. Man. That's our girl. Come on, Sarah. Sexy Amelia Mayer are getting it done. <laughs> Jamal, let's talk a little takeover here because uh, you, I've been on this program before saying... One, one last note. Go ahead. Kurt uh, Hawkins and, and Zack Ryder, the Revival, gave them the best match of their of both of their careers. Yes, just add uh, Hawkins and Ryder to the list of people <laughs> whose best match with the Revival. The list is now 400 Actually, long. Actually, Zack might be the Mania ladder match where he won the title. Maybe I think this might have been well, a better match than this. I remember thinking this was quite a good match, but I did too. I, it, but I did too. Uh, okay, uh, takeover, Jamal. A lot of people. We both get on this show often, and we say, "Stop saying this was the best takeover." Will, will you stop it? This one has maybe as good a kick at the can as either ever. I, I'm kind of. I just feel like it's dumb dialogue because, like, I can praise the takeovers in such a better way than say, "Oh, it's the best of all time." Mm-hmm. Because this one, what, what stands out to me so much is it's five very different styled matches. And that's what you ha- I love about NXT always. Absolutely. Is that everyone's going to disagree on what the best match of the mm-hmm. show was because whatever it is that you look for in wrestling, you can see it. They are going to take the best of every style from across the globe and put it on one card. And you're going to like everything, but you might find something on there that you absolutely love that you're not going to find anywhere else. So what did Madman Morissette absolutely love on the TakeOver card? If you had to say what, what your match was Pete of Dunn the night. versus Walter. Yeah, it sucks and that we agree. That but. might not just be my match of the night. That might be my match of the year right now. Yeah, I, I mean, loved that match. I, I almost feel like I got to go rewatch some of them because I feel like that in Riddle and Dream, I liked... They're both whatever. I hate using star mm. metrics, or whatever. But whatever a very high ranking would be, both of those are basically a tie for me. Incredible, and the, say nothing yeah. of the tag. Riddle either. and Dream had unbelievable action, and I actually really did like the story that they told too, because we previewed that match um, with uh, who was the it? Zoops, chose maybe that one. Yeah, it was the Zoops. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we talked about two guys who represent the future of the business. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they told a story that that did showcase the future of the business in the final five minutes. Yep. But up to that point was loaded with homages and recreations of big moments of the past. Yep. So this was two guys basically telling you that, like, as much as we are the future, we love the past. Yep, that's exactly what came across to me. It and was a celebration of, of wrestling, which Dream of the, does a lot of. I, but. I, I Yes, I felt like this was a salute to the history of wrestling and a 
preview of what we have to come in the future as well. So love that. Couldn't I, agree more. I did really like it, but the overall drama of the storytelling of Dunn and Walter, I thought was unmatched from anything that we saw this weekend. I think I agree. I, I, I do think I agree. If, if you said, oh, I can only pick one of those, it probably is Dunn Walter. But again, that might be more indicative of just like, a stylistic thing where it's like, I'm excited to see Walter with title defenses on takeovers. Like, it's mm. so different than everything else that goes on on takeovers. And listen, the guy is... Ex- I, oh, sorry. One more thing about Dream and Riddle. Nice to sort of have Riddle redeemed in NXT after a couple sort of flat Ono oh matches. Nice to sort of be validated. It's like, oh, look, this guy can fucking get her done, and, and he does that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, done and Walter. I mean, it's as impactful and hard-hitting as you would hope. I mean... And the- we, we keep talking about somebody needing to have a definitive run with that North American title, too. Yeah. I think Dream is the guy. To I do hope it. he does. I really hope he I, does. I didn't think that before this match, and then I was like, "Man, like, let's go. Just, what? just keep him on that belt and let him have classics." You know what? I, I'm actually going to go. I'm going to take a harder stance here. It was uh, Walter and Dunn that for my match of the night because I'm just thinking now the like whatever that is five seconds of him wrapping the bitter end, landing the bitter end, and Walter's giant kick out. I don't know if anything peaked. It maybe even including Kofi for me. That I mean, that was I. I, I thought it was done. And what we all came into this I thought weekend. It was done. <laughs> we all came into this weekend with one hundred percent lock. Yes. Walter is going to win. No question. There was no question. Yep. And yet, thirty seconds into that match, maybe done. <laughs> I not just maybe done. I desperately wanted done to retain. Yeah. It. What a match. What a card. Uh. And then I. I said this to you before we started recording. There might be. For me, and what I like right now, and I have traditionally been a spot guy. Yeah, sure. But my favorite thing in wrestling right now, and you can see it in Walter Dunn. You can see it in Brian Kofi. You can see it in Brian Lesnar. Just grabbing the guy by both arms and hammering away with kicks to his face. Do you think you've been spending too much time with me? (laughs) (laughs) It's entirely possible. All of a sudden, you're like, you know, Zack Sabre Jr., Kyle O'Reilly. These are my guys. No flips, just fists. But that, like... To, there's something brutal and like it 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 just it's real yeah right and, i mean walter brings reality and you always they it, it's not something that you go to right away it's always something that comes in at about the three quarter mark of a match when a guy is tired enough that it is conceivable that you could just drape his arms up and kick him in the face a bunch of times mm-hmm. but yeah it's like to me that there's no greater spot to create drama in wrestling right now than that it is it something that could get overused and would lose its impact, like cheeky Nando's or whatever? Yeah, one hundred percent. But right now, in this second, there's nothing I like to see more. Jamo, before we uh, uh, wrap up, a couple things we got to call out: uh, the War Raiders. These guys are absolutely great champions for NXT. These are barn burners. The entrance is awesome. They're over. Agreed. Down with the War Raiders. Love it. Love the matches. Love the characters. Love lo- like. Just imagine what the mania entrance that they're going to have in two years, dude. I- I watching them wrestle uh, Black Ricochet and War Raiders. Who do you think was the best high flyer in that match? Should be Ricochet. Yeah, it's actually Big Hanson, folks. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Uh, Hanson has been the standout performer in his last four matches he's been in, and in the undisputed Mar- era match that they had at the last one too was just so good. Dude, Hanson is a capital F freak. Yeah. Like the off the ropes back elbow is one of the dopest spots in the I lose company. My mind every the, time. the top rope, uh, I don't know what you call that. I just front flip somersault esque. I mean, he is he is really something special. That Hanson. And, and like, dude, this is a team where. I don't want to say, like, I can't remember the last time because I probably would have said this exact same stuff about the Revival or American Alpha or DIY or whatever. But, 
I guess maybe it's because of their size that I have more trust in the way that they'll be booked on the main mm. roster. I look at that team and I am salivating over the idea of them AOP. against the Usos, oh. them against like no, like all of these main roster fixture tag yeah. teams. AOP heavy machinery. Well, that, those guys too, like a Hoss battle, yes, but like. The the cream of the crop tag teams, whether that's New Day, whether that's the Usos. For me, the bar is the dream the match bar. for War Raiders. Yeah, like I want all. Of yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, anything else you want to call some attention to before we uh, center off for the week, JMO? I do want to say that uh, I I regret the fact uh, that I got very drunk and <laughs> made a fool out of myself uh, at Whiskey Mania. But I also my biggest regret, even bigger than being a huge drunken asshole. Uh, is that, that I, I I allowed Mike Noble oh, no. to convince me that Jay White was gonna win? Because oh. what what did I say all along that it had to be Okada? I know you did. That, that, that give him the Rock. Give, he if he's the Rock, give him the moment that the Rock never got. Put him over at the biggest show on Mania weekend. Dude. I was so convinced, and then Mike brought up that. That bullet club party, that street party yeah, thing. That was a good point. He, and, I, and then he fully flipped me. Yeah. It was a great point by Mike in his defense. Like, that bu- that bullet club party did make me think. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, what would they be celebrating? But Okada's win felt massive. Uh, oh, just rapid fire, of course. Abushi Naito, tremendous. Barnett, Minoru Suzuki, utterly I have to go back and watch Barnett Suzuki. I you, haven't seen it yet. I'd highly recommend it. I haven't seen any of uh, Janela yet either, and I've oh. heard that both of those shows were super fun. I've only so. seen Night 2, so if you want to come over for Night 1, Hell yeah, we, uh, we'll get it done. It's funny that like all of this stuff takes place over one weekend, but if you were to really approach it properly as a fan, you should just spread it out yourself over the course yes. of like a month and a half. Yeah, and Watch a different thing from Mania Weekend every week. If you're just a normal person, that's what you should do. <laughs> and luckily for you, good friends, we are not normal. We're like Scott Steiner. We're freaks. We're genetic freaks. Before we wrap up, I have to say one last thing. Please. Which is that uh, a match that I haven't even seen yet, because uh, oh. I, I had to go to work and I haven't had time to go back and watch it yet, is the main event of TakeOver. Of course, Colin and Gargano. Colin Gargano, which I've heard good things about, but I also heard was kind of boring for the first half of it. Um, I, I was surprised it got such a high rating, but the last ten minutes are very electric. It got five and a half stars from Dave Meltzer, which makes it the best match in WWE, WWF, NXT history. Yeah, And it is outrageously funny to me. That when we went into the group chat on yes. Saturday night yeah. or Friday night, Saturday morning, and said, like, does was that match of the night to anyone? Not one person. Because, yeah, like, votes were split on match of the night between yeah. the tag match, between Dream and Riddle, and between Dunn and, and, Walter. and Walter. And th- some people were even saying the women's match did a ton for them, too. Yeah. Um, not one single person <laughs> thought that the main <laughs> event was the best match on that show. And then Dave comes out and says it's the best match in North America. American history. <laughs> See, to defend it sort of makes me feel like I'm like putting too much stake into it. But it, to me, it's not the best Gargano match. It's not the best match of the night, like mm-hmm. you said. Listen, good for Dave Meltzer, but yeah, I, five and a half stars. Really? You know what, Dave? I know you listen. Let me let me tell you something. <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to tell you nothing. You can't tell me nothing. I'm like Kanye West. All right. Well, the good friends are back at it. We are. Healed and ready to go. Yeah, sorry, ready for another sorry, 100 episodes. Sorry we didn't deliver the goods on Sunday night. Uh, I, I'm sorry too, but I mean, what the fuck are we going to do? I know. You were, you were busy depositing the goods into a toilet at that point. 
And until next week, stay hot. Stay spicy. Stay tasting great. Because you're Curry Man. Wah, wah, wah. Titus Worldwide. See any movies? Well, I'm more interested. I did, but I want to talk about Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, I never, saw it. Yeah, you saw it, and you hadn't seen it I, when I saw it. I waited two months for it to come to the shitty theater by my house. Great action. And it finally arrived. I loved it. Yeah, great action, eh? Unbelievable action. It's very much a James Cameron movie in that it has like extremely corny romance, but I almost can't criticize that either because it's played so sincere that I actually mm-hmm. kind of liked that too. There's a great use of a swear word in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's – it's – yeah, I, I, if you are a fan of science fiction and you are a fan of action movies and you have not seen Alita: Battle Angel, you owe it to yourself to see it on the big screen. I absolutely ship that. Quit fucking around. Go see it. It was great. Watch the Tick season two, and Amazon also, Prime. I really hope it gets a sequel. It clearly uh, thought it was going to get a sequel. It's going to, isn't it? I, I guess I'm not on mic. It's it, going to, isn't it? It made like four hundred million dollars, so maybe it will. Oh, that's probably a loss for that. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? A James movie. Cameron movie that was in development for like seven years. I don't know that that's enough to get a sequel, but it, it should get one. It was very... I loved it. It's Friday, baby. Bye.